0: I don't know what your joy level is. I don't know what your sense of power is in terms of your walk with Christ. But a lot of times we go through seasons where we lose those blessings. And I want to talk today about how to recover it. I'm going to take you to a, a story in the life of Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. We have the, one of these stories that we wonder, why is that story ever in the Bible? But actually, it teaches one of the most powerful principles for soul restoration. And it's a principle that I use a lot when I work with people. So I'm going to read that story to you. And then I'm going to make some comments on this theme, Have You Lost Your Edge? Reading from 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, the company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Well, beyond the immediate lesson of use an axe with a secure head. It's good to keep in mind for our camping season. Coming up, uh, what is the principle that we are learning here? Well, as I mentioned, many Christians struggle with lost power and lost joy. And if you were asked to place on a scale of one to ten, what your level of joy was, what number would you pick? If you were to put on that scale what your sense of spiritual power was, what number would you pick? Well, our vitality is often a little bit lower than maybe God would have for us, and so this principle is very important. I want us to first of all notice the, uh, the, the ambition where this all starts. There was a need for expansion. Now, Elisha, it seems, had three schools where he would train people to hear the voice of God, These School of the Prophets. They were located in various locations in uh, Israel, and it seems Elisha must have been a great Bible teacher. I can't imagine him not being that, but uh, the, the place was overflowing. There wasn't enough place for everybody to sit. And so they come to him with the proposal that uh, they should expand. We need a bigger place to meet with you. And so they suggested, let's go and build a place down by the Jordan River. No doubt the weather was cooler there. It would be refreshing. Whatever the, the situation was, they needed a bigger place. And so they had this godly ambition. And the Bible com- you know, commends godly ambition. I, I want to say that sometimes we feel like, sometimes I think, we give one another the impression that ambition is wrong. There is a big place for ambition in the heart of God. And that's demonstrated here as Elijah commends them. He says, you go, go ahead, let's build a place. And then they said, would you come with us? And he says, yeah, I'll come. By, by that, he's giving approval to their ambition. So don't, uh, sometimes God puts on your heart ambitions for his kingdom. A ministry to start or an initiative to take in someone's life. Go for it. Go for it. There is a big place for godly ambition in the Kingdom of God. Well, as this ambition is being carried out, a loss happens. The axe head flies off. One of the prophets is chopping away and off goes the axe head and into the water. Lost in the Jordan River. No hope of getting it. hope of diving in and retrieving it, it's gone. And uh, apparently, loose axe heads were a bit of an issue back in the time of Israel. If you look in Deuteronomy 19 verse 4-6, it's talking about sanctuary cities. If you incidentally hurt or kill someone, you could flee to these sanctuary cities and be safe. And the illustration they give is, you're out chopping wood with your neighbor and the axe head flies off and kills him, you better run to the sanctuary city. So it did happen in those days. But fortunately no one was hurt in this incident, but uh, this man lost his edge. He had no power to carry out the mandate of this ambition. And it pictures for me a lot of Christians who are serving, who have lost their joy, who have lost a sense of authority, who have lost a sense of power. And it's like a person trying to chop down a tree just by using the handle. There's no edge, there's no axe head. And uh, so, you know, it's a waste of time. And this happens to us, it happens to the best of us. Where we lose our edge, we lose our power and authority. Uh, I was once talking with a person who had gone out on missions and after five years was really, really fed up had lost their edge, they had lost their ambition, they had lost their joy, all of that. And there had been conflict, there had been demands they didn't expect and so on. But my point simply was they were like this man who had lost his edge. No authority, no power, no, as it were, zing in his work. So some of you listening to this message may have lost your power. And you may be lamenting, you know that there is something that is not right in your life, something's missing. Well that missing part may be the authority and power of the Holy Spirit operating through you. This loss happened during a time of expansion and a lot of times we lose our sense of authority and, and blessing. In the process of seeking to expand God's kingdom, stuff just happens. Well that was the case here. But I want to move on to the recovery of this lost blessing. When this kind of stuff happens in our life, and we lose our blessing, we can be very tempted to react in a wrong way to the situation. So we might try to rev up the power on our own strength, uh, a little more diligence, a little more discipline, a a little more um, control over our schedule, whatever it is. We try different things. Or sometimes people just give up. Just give in to despondency. And uh, someone wrote, this man could have attempted to recover the axe by himself. He could have tried to borrow another instrument with with which to do his work. Uh, But deep within him, he was aware of his responsibility and went on to say, but he could have also given up entirely, gone home discouraged and say, boy, what a lousy day. It just didn't work out for me today. Well, in this recovery, we have modeled for us a way to respond when we've lost our blessings. And the first part is simply to cry out. In verse 5b, uh, he cries out, oh no, my lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. Well, he cried out to Elisha, Elisha was God's man. Elisha was a picture of the abundant life that Christ is bringing to the world. He was someone who looked ahead to Christ. You know, he, but this prophet cried out, Someone wrote this, When the mouth prays, people hear. But when the heart prays, God hears. This man cried out from the heart, and Elisha heard him. Elisha, again, being a picture of the abundant life that is coming in Christ. He had the conviction, somehow he had the conviction that God would intervene in this, what seems to us as a very small matter, losing an ax head doesn't seem like a big deal but he had this conviction that God was involved in small things. John Newton, who uh, uh, had a life where he learned about the grace of God, uh, wrote this, No one concern of ours is small if we belong to him. To teach us this, the Lord of all once made iron swim. (laughs) and So we see this iron axe floating to the top on the water. It's a miracle. But it all started when this prophet cried out. And so I want to say to you, if you've lost your power, if there's a blessing that you've lost, might be your joy, your peace, whatever it is, you've lost some of the blessings of God, it starts by crying out. This man immediately went to the prophet and we need to immediately go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ted Rendell, former president of Prairie, Bible College said this, the only procedures that believers today who have lost the keen cutting edge of the Spirit's power can follow is go directly to the heavenly Elisha, the Lord Jesus himself. He is the answer to their plight. Well, cry out. Secondly, pinpoint the place of the loss. Elisha says, where did it fall? Where did it go into the water? I want to say that this question must precede every recovery of lost blessing. Where did it fall? Where did you lose it? In my years of working with people, I've noticed a tendency. We have a tendency to look everywhere but where we lost it. And we have a desire to save face. We have a desire to protect our pride. I've met with people who are willing to spend lots of money, maybe even thousands of dollars, to try to find a problem without going to where the blessing was lost. Well, we sometimes just want to look all over the place to find the lost blessing, except where we know we should look. This is, it happens with individuals, this happens with churches. Churches may know, the people of the church may intuitively know something's very wrong in our congregation, something's not going right, but they get to the annual meeting and they discuss the color of the carpet instead. We like to look all over, but where the blessing was lost. Some common places where we lose our edge are when we slip from godly ambition to personal ambition Or, we've made a sinful choice and we don't want to go back and make it right. A lie told, a tax cheated on, there's unholy soul ties. I've worked with people who have a soul tie to someone else who controls their life and they can't be under the Lordship of Christ as long as this other person controls them. And until that tie is broken, they can uh, enjoy the blessings of God. Sometimes there's ungodly vows that we've made to cope with some situation in our past and that vow controls us and until we break that ungodly vow we are not free to serve the Lord Jesus. Sometimes it's bitterness choosing not to forgive. Sometimes we've lost hope. One time a person who was a member of a church was brought to me to help them deal with the question of burnout. And uh, so I started talking and and I tried to identify where, where did this happen, when did it happen, and this person could name the specific moment. He said it was at a men's retreat, and somebody came up to me and said something, and at that moment, he lost hope. Well, when we got back to that, then we could find out what, what the issue was. Ted Randall says, deep within your heart, you are aware of the location of the lost blessing even now you can point to the place on the map of your spiritual life and say, there is where I lost my power. If you are desirous of recovering lost power, you will have to admit before God just where you lost it. You will have to point out to the place, uh, point out the place, and he says this may involve some shame and humbling of yourself to deal with it. You've got to look where you lost it. Recently, I was contacted by the leadership of a congregation who think things are going well. There's been some really neat things going on there, but they've noticed a trend. People will serve on the leadership. When their term is up, they won't not only stop serving on the leadership, but they will leave the church. And they haven't been able to find out why. So they've asked me to make some contacts to see if an independent party can find out why that is they know a very important principle in that church is you got to look where you lost it. And I trust that we will be able to help them. Well, the third part of the recovery is to access the miraculous. We have here a picture of Christ's rescuing power. Elisha's ministry, of course, foreshadowed the abundant life of Christ. But we see Elisha cut a sapling off a tree And throw it in at the place where the axe head went into the water. Now, I don't want to push it too far. But I do want to say this. In the book of, of Isaiah, we have some interesting things said about the Lord Jesus. And in chapter 11, he is prophesied as being a branch who will appear. A branch. He's called a branch. And then in... Isaiah 53, verse 8, it says, for he was cut off from the land of the living. So we have a branch who is cut off. And in that cutting off was this powerful spiritual transaction that brings life to the impossible. It brings life to our dead spirits. The miraculous happens in us through the branch that was cut off. Well, it's a picture of Christ's work. And we need to bring Christ's work to the place where we lost our blessings. Again, I quote Rendell, he said, recovery of lost power can only be accomplished through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was cut down in death and cast into the river of death. It is in his death that alone is able to counteract the law of sin and death in the life of the believer. We access the miraculous by bringing the death and resurrection of Christ to our loss. Recently, I've been working with a person who has been in Christian ministry all their life. They have had a stellar missionary career. And coming near the end of their career, to coming to the place of retirement, they were suddenly hit with very deep discouragement, probably moving into the depression stage. And so we started to explore why that was happening. And uh, what we found is that there's been some misconceptions about God and misconceptions about how the work of Christ on the cross fully justifies us and makes us acceptable. And as we've dealt with that, as we brought the ministry, the resurrection ministry of Christ to that place of lost blessing, the joy is returned. The miraculous has happened once again through the branch that was cut off and applied to the place of loss. Well, there's one more part of this story, and that is we need to retrieve our edge. This stunned worker, He sees the axe head float, that would blow us all away. (laughs) But he's stunned and Elisha says, you know, lift it out. Don't just stand there, lift it out. You have to get it. Do you know that uh, there are some doors that prayer won't open? Do you know in Acts chapter 12, the story of Peter being in prison and the church is just interceding and praying for him. Lord, send him, send him out, set him free. And God miraculously releases Peter from prison. And he comes to the place where they're praying and he knocks on the door. And the servant girl knows that he's at the door, but she runs back to tell him, and they're all still praying, but he's at the door. She hasn't opened the door. God has done his miraculous work, but she had to open the door. And we have a part in appropriating the miraculous work of Christ and applying it to our life. We have to say, Lord, I ask that you would apply your work into my life so that I could have that forgiveness. I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can have your joy and power. We have to appropriate it. Christ has provided the miracle. We have to reach out and grab it. So the life lesson that I want to leave with you, my friends, is this. When you've lost your edge, look to Christ at the place it went missing. Look where you lost it. Early in my walk with Christ, I was about 16 years old when I became a Christian, and that first year I enjoyed a sweet relationship. It was just a freshness and and joy in my walk with God. But something happened uh, about, oh, I'd say about nine months in, something was lost. Something was amiss and so I went and talked to my youth pastor about it and he said you're mad at God Mad at God. Well, it was true. It was true I had had some major disappointments two major disappointments in a week and I was angry about it And so I had to go meet with God and, and deal with that and as I did that joy in that sweet relationship came back and uh You have experiences like that in your life. Stuff happens. We're people wanting to see the kingdom advance, but stuff happens. The ax head flies off the handle, so to speak. We've lost our edge. Well, look to Christ at the place you lost it. So have you lost your edge? Do you no longer enjoy the sweetness or liberty that you once did in your walk with Christ? Do you find it hard to read the scriptures and hear God speak to you through the scriptures. Look where you lost it. Go back to where you lost it and apply the work of Christ. Maybe it's in your relationships with someone. You need to go back to where you lost it. Bring the blood of Christ to that. So when this happens, I'll just give you four things to do. First of all, tell the Lord about your loss. Say, hey, something's amiss here. I know it. You know it. Please help me. Cry out to him. Let his, where did it fall, search you. In other words, allow the Spirit of God. Sometimes you may honestly I don't know where it went wrong. Sometimes you know where it went wrong, and you need to go there. Sometimes you're not sure where it went wrong, and you need to say, Holy Spirit, just show me. Show me where it went wrong. So, show me where it went, went south. And then respond accordingly. Thirdly, avail yourself and use the cut tree to plead the merits of Christ. The branch who was cut off can be applied and bring life to your lost blessing. And then by faith, appropriate the grace of God. Say, God, I trust in your forgiving, cleansing work. Fill me now with your spirit and restore to me the joy of my salvation. Well, friends, when you've lost your edge, look to Christ at the place it went missing. Bye for now. You have a great day.